Hey guys, welcome to the One Life Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today, and we hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. Enjoy the message. So as Em alluded to, we're starting a new series this month called Tomorrow, Awake and Alert, and uh, really pivots well off pivoting in times of change, which is what we did last month, because we're looking at the times that we find ourselves living in. And I know that there's a lot of people who are really concerned about the times that we find ourselves living in. And it's always good for us as believers to know what the Word of God says to us regarding where we find ourselves living. And so I've titled today's message, Tomorrow Awake and Alert, Where Are You Fitting In? Now, have you ever found yourself in a situation, a setting or a circumstance where you just don't quite feel like you fit in? Maybe you've been invited out for dinner or, or you've been invited to a, a, a wedding and, uh, you know, they might have said what sort of attire to wear, but you get there and you find out that you're just not quite wearing the right kit. You know, you're a little bit under or you're a little bit over. You feel like you're too formal or not formal enough. You know, sometimes in life we can feel as though we just don't fit in. Now, hopefully there's no one that feels like that here this morning. Anyone game enough to raise your hand? Yeah, that's me. I don't feel like I fit in. <laughs> Oh, Matthew, just um, having a, a yawn there. That's okay, mate. I'll, I'll take that. Um, sometimes you just don't feel like we fit in. I'm sure there have been times where you found that you were completely unprepared for whatever reason. In the environment that you found yourself in or the company of people that you were around at the time. Sometimes you can be around people and you can just feel uncomfortable. I just, I just don't feel comfortable around these type of people for whatever reason. You know, I have a cousin, um, and he's been a, a train driver with Sydney Trains for quite a few years. And uh, we, we had a, a, an experience when we were on a train, and there was one particular passenger on that train, and just for no apparent reason, he just had a sudden outburst at a fellow passenger and basically just berated them. And, uh, and then he went back to his seat again. It was like this conversation stopped between these two people who were talking, and all of a sudden, this conversation started again. It was like, that's not normal. <laughs> and, and I said to my cousin, I said, how do you deal with the general public? Like, I mean, certain members of the general public when you're in your job and your vocation and what you do. And he says, well, it's a bit like this. He says, when you use public transport, if you haven't spotted the weirdo within the first five minutes, look out because it might be you. Now... Some of you might now go, every time you go down to Sydney or you use public transport, you'll be looking around. But just beware because that might be you. That person making someone else feel uncomfortable just might be you. And uh, maybe that's the reason why some trains have those reflective windows so you see yourself at night, you know, just to remind you. But on a serious note, as we begin this new series, Awaken Alert, are you ready for the days that we now find ourselves living in? And uh, what's the point of difference in your life? Or are you trying to fit in and look like the rest of this world? Because this world would want us to fit in. This world would want to try to make us conform to its, its way, to its standards, to its culture, to, to its temperature. But we know that the Word of God says that those that uh, adhere to, those that live their lives for Jesus Christ will find that this world around about them doesn't quite fit as a matter of fact, the Bible tells us a lot about Christians, believers, and the way that we are to uh, interact in this world. And um, I believe that God has communicated to us all throughout the Word His desire 
to see that no one, no one, none of us would ever fall away from him, that none of us would be caught by surprise either in the days that we find ourselves living in. There's another, there's another example, and there's, and there's many, and one is found in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11 to 12, where the Apostle Peter was informing his readers that was more to life than the temporary surroundings that they found themselves living in. We're going to look at that uh, verse today in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11 to 12, and I'm just reading this out of the message this morning. Uh, it reads like this. It said, friends, this world is not your home, so don't make yourselves cozy in it everyone cozy in here today is the temperature just right yeah everything's really good it says you don't make yourselves cozy in it don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul it goes on to say live an exemplary exemplary life in your neighborhood so that your actions will refute their prejudices then they'll be won over to god's side and be there to join in the celebration when he arrives. There's three things that I want us to look at today when we're thinking about what it means to basically be in this world but not of this world. You know, Peter was wanting to speak to his audience, he's wanting to tell his readers in the future too that, that we're not to get too comfortable in this place. Some translations read as strangers and foreigners. And, um, you know, we, we don't actually see this place as our end resting place. Yes, we're going to, our physical body is going to expire one day and, and, and our body is going to be, be left in the ground or, or however you choose for your remains to be disposed of. But the reality is that this world is not our home. We, we've been made for a, a life that's beyond this temporary life. We've been made for an eternal home. And so... Peter was wanting to remind his, his readers that, that we don't get too comfortable here. We don't look for security all the time. We don't look to make our lives, you know, more, more, more uh, protected in any way. We can, we can try to do things to make our lives, you know, so comfortable sometimes that we, we spend too much time. I find I can sometimes spend too much time making my life comfortable when I should be concentrating on what God wants to do through my life. Maybe God wants to use some discomfort in my life to draw me closer to being like his son. See that this world is not the end game. And three things I want to bring out. So firstly is that the world is not our home. Does anyone remember that blockbuster movie E.T. or am I really starting to show my age? E.T. was that weird looking alien with the really long neck and the, the weird head and the, and the finger that glowed when he pointed it. And, uh, you know, he wasn't from around these parts, you know, in that movie. He was an extraterrestrial. And, and that's a lot, a lot like us. When we come to Jesus, when we come to a knowledge of Christ, this world is not our home. We're made for an eternal home. We're made for a place that God has prepared for us. As I said before, some translations read as temporary residents and foreigners. There was one occasion I was... I was in Sydney and uh, in the western suburbs of Sydney and uh, we had to go down and pick up some parts for a, a fireplace that we had and uh, it was around lunchtime and so I said to Rochelle, how about we go and we get some lunch and so I, I drive down the street and find, find a kebab shop and uh, I get out of the car and you're happy with, you know, a kebab? Yeah, yeah, let's get a kebab. So go into the shop to 
order a kebab. And as I stepped through the door, it was like everybody in the room just turned and stared. Like, and, and, and eyes scanned from the top of my head down to my feet to the top of my head down to my feet and back again. And for the first time in my life, I felt really, really uncomfortable. It was a, a, a most strange feeling to actually be in your own country, but to feel like a foreigner, like that you weren't welcome. And I just, naive as I am, country boy, just walk in and order my kebab <laughs> and, and walk out of there. But, you know, the Bible reminds us that, you know, we're strangers and foreigners. We don't, we don't belong in this world. We're made for another world. We're made for another kingdom. And so we don't want to make ourselves cozy in this place. The second point is that we're encouraged to live an exemplary life. And what does that mean? It means keeping our behavior, keeping our actions excellent. And actually, there's a Greek word called uh, kalos, and it means this. It means attractively good. Turn around and see if there's anyone attractively good sitting next to you today. Maybe you're looking for that mirror right now. Attractively good. Good that inspires, get this, it motivates others to embrace what is lovely, beautiful, and praiseworthy. Is there any better expression of what it means to live an excellent life? That, that others would actually see your life and say, you know what, a bit like that other movie, I want what he's having. I, I want what's going on in that person's life. I, I see that that person is, is exercising uh, uh, faith in their life. I see that there's, there's a hope in their life. I see that there's joy in their life. I don't see that they're, they're living in despair. I don't see that they're freaking out over everything that happens. I need that in my life. I need some of what they've got in my life. And see, as we live like this, the Bible tells us that it actually inspires other people to be like that as well. In Philippians 1 and verse 27, it says, Above all, you must live as what? Citizens of heaven. You must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come to see you again or only hear about you, I'll know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith which is the good news. Do you know that we have good news? <laughs> this world is full of all sorts of news, but the news that we have, the message that we have, the gospel that we have is good news. Why is it good news? Because nothing else in this world can save somebody, but the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. To every person who believes, so we possess the answer that other people are looking for. Are they, are they always going to be receptive to what we, we are saying? No. But you know what? There's going to be some. There are going to be some people that see the life that you live, that see the, the Jesus that you confess, that see the fruit that is on your life, seeing you living an excellent exemplary life for Him. And they'll say, there's something different about that person. There's something that's going on in their life that I need to know about. In 1 Peter 2 and verse 12, 
just in the B section in the Living Bible, it, it puts it like this. It says, even if they are suspicious of you and talk against you. Anyone ever had anyone talk against them? <laughs> oh man, it's human nature, isn't it? We, we love to have a bit, of a, a bit of a goss, a good old goss. You know, even if they talk against you, they'll end up praising God for your good works when what? When Christ returns. I mean, I think there's no greater thing that we can do as believers but represent Jesus Christ on this earth and, and use every opportunity and every faculty and every gift that He's given each one of us. Each one of us are unique. You don't have to try to be like somebody else. You just have to be who God's called you to be. Represent Him well the way that He has designed you. You know, I've, I've found myself um, on the receiving end of, of prejudice for being a Christ follower. People that say all sorts of nasty things. But really, friends, any sort of prejudice or persecution that we come up against or I've come up against is really quite cotton woolish compared to what a lot of people in the New Testament came up against. But nonetheless... We need to prepare ourselves. We need to be awake and alert. We need to be able to allow the Holy Spirit to continue to move through our lives and just, in, just to, to come around about our lives and, and nudge us from time to time and say, where are you trying to fit in? Are you trying to fit the mold of this world or, or are you trying to fit the mold of my kingdom? Are you trying to be more like my son? Or are you trying to be more like your next door neighbor? See, it is a challenge for us, but we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. I love this quote from John Piper, Pastor John Piper. He says, if you really want to be like Jesus by seeing him when he comes, you'll pursue being like him now. <laughs> if you really want to be like Jesus by seeing him when he comes, you'll pursue being like him more now. I want to be like Jesus. I want, to, I want to speak the words of Jesus. I want, to, I want to declare the good things that he's done for my life. Is that your confession today? Or are you still trying to fit in to this world? Thirdly, there is a day of visitation coming. Fun fact, Jesus Christ is coming again. <laughs> are you ready? I, I think it's, it's the most amazing thing that the Bible talks about when, when Christ is coming back and Jesus himself talks about it and the apostles talk about it. It's been prophesied. Friends, make no mistake that Jesus Christ is coming back. But you know what it says? It says that no man knows the day or the hour when he comes. But we've got to live every day like it's the last. Live every day like the next moment Jesus is coming back here. How can I influence this world for good? How can I... How can I yield more of myself to being more like Jesus? We can only do it by the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. You know, the Bible talks about a day of celebration. And, and this is really my second last scripture, but it's the main, main uh, context of scripture that I want us to look at today. And that is in Matthew 22, verse 1 to 14. And it says here that Jesus also told them other parables. He said, The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. 
When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but they all refused to come. So he sent other servants to tell them the feast has been prepared, the bulls and fattened cattle have been killed, and everything is ready. Come to the banquet. No sheep there, sorry, Dean. Your sheep are safe. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went their own way, one to his farm, another to his business. Others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. The king was furious and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their town. And he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready and the guests I invited aren't worthy of the honor. Wow. The guests I invited aren't worthy of the honor. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, he said, how is it that you are here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, bind his hands and feet and throw him into the outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called but few are chosen let me tell you we want to be amongst those that are chosen not just people that are called but those that are chosen thinking about not being in the right outfit uh we, we, I attended a, a, a public high school that had a very strict dress code and in winter you had to wear a tie. And there was this one day that for whatever reason I forgot to wear my tie and straight after the assembly I was passing past some teachers, one of which happened to be the principal of that high school and uh, I, was, I was pretty runty at the time. And next minute there's this big hand that felt like it was the size of a baseball glove that grabbed me around the scruff and drew me back and pulled me in and said, where's your tie in about that tone of voice too and I was absolutely petrified I, I as far as I was aware I had the tie around my neck but it was definitely not there I was feeling for it it was not there and uh you know I would I would not like to be in this guy's position where he was at the wedding feast and for whatever reason the king had sat and come through the the, the building and said you know you, you're not wearing the right you're not wearing the right garb I don't believe that what Jesus is talking about here is referring to physical clothes that this man was wearing. But I do know this, that God's approval of you matters a whole lot more than the approval of man. God's approval of us matters so much more than what anyone can, you know, try to prop us up in this world to find that we're liked by people or whatever it might be. God's approval trumps anyone else's approval. It matters very little what they think. The love and acceptance that we seek for our lives can never be satisfied by anything in this world apart from Jesus Christ. The writer of Ecclesiastes, you know, he, he says that he tried, he, he did everything and nothing, nothing. It was all meaningless. You know, the only thing that can really satisfy your and my life is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Is pursuing Him is not trying to fit into this world, not trying to necessarily have the latest gadget or the latest car or, or making myself more comfortable. 
but being an active representative of him and allowing his life to flow in and through our lives. At times we can spend great amounts of time and energy trying to fit in or win others' approval. I believe that the more godliness, uh, the more godless and self-seeking that this world becomes, then the more obvious the lives of those should become who have placed their hope and trust in Jesus Christ. As we see darkness starting to increase in this world, as we see more and more godlessness, and, and you know, the, the Bible talks about that, that in the last days, you know, people will just be lovers of themselves. There's so many Bible verses that we could reference today, but we don't have the time to do that. But I encourage you to get into your word and read what it says about when the Son of Man is going to come back again. But the fact remains that as we are people of light, children of light, that our lives will reflect Jesus Christ to other people. As darkness increases, that our light would increase, that we wouldn't diminish our light, that we wouldn't shrink back, that we wouldn't go, oh, you know, a bit of persecution's coming. I'm, I'm, I'm being made to feel uncomfortable. I'll go into my shell. But we'll still continue to say, I believe in Jesus. I'm a Christ follower. Jesus is the answer for this world. And Jesus can be the answer for your life as well. So today, where are you trying to fit in? Friend, does your life have the hope and assurance of Jesus Christ? It's, it's something that we need to ask ourselves. The writer of Hebrews said this in chapter 6 and verse 18 to 19. It says, Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can take great confidence as we hold on to this hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. God doesn't want us to live in this, in this world with fear. He doesn't want us to live in this world, you know, in, in a place of, of being unsure. God wants us to be really sure. God wants us to know what his word declares for our lives. He wants us to have certainty that the day that Jesus comes back to this earth, that we know, that we know, that we know, that our life is found in him, that we have Jesus with us, Emmanuel, God with us, living on the inside of our lives. And, and my encouragement to you today is ask yourself, where are you trying to fit in? Are you trying to fit into this world or are you happy just to fit in right where God wants you? Being a representative of him in this world. There's going to there's gonna be things that come. There's going to be challenges to your life. But are you prepared and are you ready to represent him well? Are you awake and alert to him? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you. Lord, that you want to be in us and through us. And Father, we just come to that place this morning where we say, Lord, I want my life to be all about you. And perhaps some people here today, or some people listening at a later date, perhaps there's things that, that you're holding on to in your life. Perhaps there's areas where, where you haven't quite surrendered to Jesus. Then friend, I want to encourage you today. We have the most loving, merciful, grace-filled God that just longs to have a restored relationship with you. So today we're just going to take a moment just to lay our lives down. So I just want to encourage us if we can stand in this place today. Father, we just thank you. 
Lord, as we stand before your presence in this place today, Lord God, we just take a moment just to center our lives on you. Lord, we just lay down those things, Lord, before your feet right now. I pray that, Lord, you would, you would help each one of us to remain awake and alert. Lord, that you would help us, Lord, to not look to the things of this world, but look to the things of your kingdom. And Father, I thank you that your spirit is with us. You haven't abandoned us. You haven't left us as orphans, but you're here with us. Help us, Holy Spirit. Help us to be more like you. Father, we just want to surrender to you. We want to yield our hearts to you. And we give you all the praise in your mighty name, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. You know, it's my prayer, church, that, that we'd live lives that would honor God. That we wouldn't just give him lip service, but we would honor him with all that we have.